0: This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five part podcast series sponsored by ECI on the 2023 Global Business Ethics Survey. In this podcast series, I am joined by ECI President Pat Harnett, and we take a deep dive into the survey. We look at some disturbing findings, including pressure to compromise standards. Perceived retaliation, observed and recorded misconduct. We also look at culture strength, risk reduction, and have some recommendations for you based upon this report. This podcast series will not simply review the 2023 GBES, but give you actionable information that you can benchmark your compliance program by or take back to your executive leadership team, to help improve your overall compliance program. I know you'll enjoy this special five-part series, which is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with ECI President Pat Harned in our discussion of the 2023 GBES. Today, we begin by looking at some of the key findings. Today, we're going to look at Key Finding 2 workplace misconduct is at an all-time high, and key finding three, globally reporting of observed misconduct as it is at an all-time high. Pat, first of all, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me again.
0: We begin taking on, Pat, directly some of the either disturbing findings, the red flag findings, or the just basically not good findings. I'm not sure I can find a way to characterize it or positively, perhaps you can. But key finding number two, workplace misconduct as at an all-time high. What did GBES tell us?
1: I actually have thought that the adjective depressing is a good term for, for the findings. This year, when we asked employees, have you observed some type of wrongdoing, something you considered to be a violation of your company's standards or a violation of the law? Um, in the last 12 months, 65% of employees said yes to that question, indicated that they had observed something. That's up five percentage points from the last time we collected data through the GBES, and it is at an all-time high in the history of our collecting this data. I remember back in 2007, misconduct. We were then looking only at U.S. data. We were alarmed when 54 percent of employees observed misconduct, and we were saying, this is terrible, it's not good, because in every workplace, arguably, half of your people are seeing something wrong every year, and now it's at 65 percent. That's discouraging.
0: The raw data showed different types of observed misconduct and some of these moved, actually, Pat moved me from depression to disturbing. And we found between 39% saw favoritism towards certain employees, friends, family, et cetera, down to 25% who had seen violations of HR standards and a variety of other factors in between improper hiring, nepotism, favoritism. So we seem to have a fairly or maybe not fairly, but a consistent lack of institutional justice of varying amounts. I was, however, pleased to see near the bottom of the list, the types of observed misconduct was offering kickbacks or bribes, substance abuse or alcohol abuse at the office, and then actually at 10% was sexual harassment. So I did take away some comfort by seeing those admittedly bad actions dropping to relatively lower amounts than the really lack of institutional uh, fairness across the organization that I earlier mentioned.
1: I would agree. I, when we actually, in people who download the summary report, we'll see that even though it was among the lower levels of misconduct that people reported, we did call out that, People in business, 12% of employees, still said they observed some type of activity that they would consider to be corruption with a public official. Um, and that number, even though it is lowest on the list, is still, I think, a, a concerning number, particularly for global organizations. But I think your observation is a good one, Tom, when you look at what, is, what rises to the top of the list. They have generally been fairly consistent over the years, and it tends to be the kinds of acts that happen within an organization that benefit an individual, benefit an organization at the expense of others. So favoritism towards certain employees, nepotism, those kinds of things, conflicts of interests. I was particularly discouraged to see Things like lying to employees, misrepresenting information. Yeah, so those are significant numbers of people who have observed those things.
0: And that really spoke to me about management in the largest issue, maybe not largest, but one of the larger ones of trust, because trust permeates an organization up and down. It's not simply about anti-retaliations, it's simply, can you even see God? Can you raise your hand? Can you ask a question? Can you go in a different direction? Uh, Does management value you as a human as opposed to a number or an employee? Um, So I thought that was important to observe as well.
1: I would agree. If you look at there are plenty of studies that have come out in the last year or maybe two that have said that the business sector is the most trusted among publics around the world. And I think that is a great finding. However, when you look at what's going on in these organizations, when employees are observing these kinds of abuses that actually become endemic and cultural, that is part of the reason why when we went to write the summary report, we said, unless things change, there is great risk to public trust in business because all indications are these are the kinds of acts that erode organizational cultures.
0: Pat, could we turn now to the global situation and how the SAW reporting of observed misconduct is at a record high?
1: Yeah, that actually, so it's nice that there is one good finding in the mix among the major trends that we saw. and happily more employees around the world reported the misconduct that they observed not good that more misconduct is happening but on the global medium was that 72% of employees who observed misconduct reported it somehow whether it's within their organization to management or to another resource and that that is an encouraging thing
0: and also intriguing to me were the Countries where it was favorably noted for reporting of misconduct. And I'll just read these five because I think they, they are significant in and of themselves India at 90%, Egypt at 84%, Nigeria at 83%, Bolivia at 81%, and Kenya at 80%. And I read that list because several of those countries could be characterized as the usual suspects on lists such as the TICPI or other lists of countries with perceived corruption. But here we have real numbers that regardless of whether the corruption is real or not, is perceived or not, people are reporting it. I guess I should say I took some comfort of that. How did uh, you interpret that information?
1: I would agree. And another way that we looked at this data is also by rolling up country data into regions. And what I think is very interesting is that you look at what's happening in North America and the countries that comprise North America, reporting is actually at its lowest levels there. So it is an interesting finding. We have also seen over time, particularly in India, in Egypt, reporting levels are extremely high, but so too are retaliation rates, some kind of retribution against people. And I know we'll talk further about this and in some of those countries practitioners have shared with us that reporting almost becomes a form of retaliation so you report me i'm going to report you and that could be a factor for why reporting is so high in those countries but nevertheless it is an inter- the trends of which countries have the highest levels is a fascinating thing
0: and let me flip that from countries favorable to countries unfavorable and here the top 5 lists are Chile, Canada, South Korea, Japan, and Hungary. I'm going to leave Canada aside because I'm very surprised at that. But South Korea and Japan, I think many of us believe traditionally had lower levels of reporting because of cultural factors. And Mm -hmm. if that is correct, does this information really give us, does this data, I should say, give us information that we can go back and try to do additional training? put additional incentives or other information for employees that by coming forward, they're actually helping the company and that that many see the company as their employer, as a key partner in in their life going forward so that perhaps that information, that data relic gives us information to begin a remedy.
1: I believe it does. Certainly the global medians themselves are helpful to be able to allow companies to take a look at what do they, what are their records show in terms of reporting levels in South Korea or in Japan or in Hungary. But the other elements of the data that's in this study, there are certain things we know about what drives employees to be willing to report. And those factors are actually parallel to the reasons that they don't come forward so many of those drivers are related to cultures and organizations but especially people's perceptions of the authorities who the people top managers their supervisors and we know in different parts of the world people have very different relationships and very different org structures where how much power is given at the top of the organization versus what lower down in an organization or how welcomed do employees feel to raise concerns or to disagree with management? And that's where it's not just the global medians for how many people reported, but also some of those other indicators about how people perceive top managers and supervisors in those countries that are very helpful.
0: Does this also really give us an opportunity to perhaps not simply have a discussion with the employees but perhaps greater training for middle managers or others who might be on the front line in taking people who want to raise their hand and speak up or take in a report as well
1: yes i most of the time employees who don't report or employees who do report and say that they were not satisfied with the outcome generally it is because of the reaction they received by their supervisor, by the person to whom they reported. And so we've learned over time from this research that the ability of a manager, managers are most likely to be the ones to receive the first report of misconduct from an employee if they have a good working relationship with their staff member. And their ability to, first of all, recognize it as a report To be able to respond in a supportive way to and be able to help the employee to provide full information, but also understand the process that's going to happen, those are critical things that organizations should be training managers on because the success of the reporting process and willingness of other people to come forward really depends on it.
0: Use a key phrase I want to pick up on there, the success of the reporting process. Could we also expand that to employees to help try and educate them that the quality of their report gives the HR compliance or whatever corporate function intakes it a better opportunity to assess and remedy if appropriate, meaning the more information they can give. If there are documents or other evidence that they can bring forward, and not simply someone was mean to me, I saw discrimination, I saw favoritism, that it really, if employees saw this as an opportunity to correct a problem they saw, it's not so much their obligation to do so as reporters, but really an opportunity to remedy the situation, whatever that might be.
1: When I think about what workplace cultures are like now compared to, let's say, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, There's been a big shift in how employees think about, first of all, the importance of their individual input, but also I think there have been a lot of changes in how much access employees have and their ability to actually report wrongdoing in a lot of different ways, constructively and not constructively. So I do think that increasingly, the ability, if organizations can message to employees that, They're coming forward to report to management is essential. It's most productive. It's the most productive way that employees can help solve problems, as opposed to, say, posting to social media or going to an outside agency like the media. Those things get attention for the employee, but they don't really help the workplace in the long run. So, yeah, I think as a profession, we have focused for a lot of years on Improving the reporting process by making sure people know where to go, managers know how to respond, but we haven't done as much to actually message to employees the importance of their responsibility to come forward when they think something's going wrong, but also to do it in a way that is helpful to the organization.
0: Pat, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on ECI or the 2023 GBES, where would be the best place for them to go?
1: Visit www.ethics.org and you'll find everything you need there.
0: Pat, I wanted to thank you again and I greatly look forward to continuing our conversation.
1: Me too. Thanks for having me.
0: This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of our special presentation on the 2023 Global Business Ethics Survey. I hope you'll join us tomorrow where we look at the issue of retaliation. This special five-part series featuring Pat Harned, CEO at ECI, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.